I'm uh, believing that we must have our our guest, Bishop. Is Bishop Kagan online? Yes, I am. Bishop, welcome to Real Presence Live. It's great to have you. Thank you. Thank Good morning, you, Excellence. How are things Good going? Good morning, Bismarck? Kevin. How are things going in Bismarck? Well, uh, we haven't had snow in a few days, but uh, it hasn't really warmed up too much either. So it's uh, it, today it's quite nice, but quite cold. And uh, the snow is about as hard as concrete. So yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. we're hoping that by May or June it'll actually melt. But uh, uh, yeah. other than that, things are fine. I'm, I'm getting ready uh, to leave for Rome oh, that's uh, right. in the next few days for the uh, Region 8 Adelimina visit. So, Well, that's uh, going to be exciting. Well, I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, once you're there, it's fine. It's just going and coming, oh, uh, using airlines and airports that get in the way. So. Yeah. But it's something you have to do so right right well it's a it's a great experience for bishops i'm sure to be able to do the odd limit of visit and have a oh yes one it with is. The holy father it's, it's beautiful yeah well you're gonna you're when you get over there bishop you're obviously going to see some of the christmas decorations that are still up rome always does a great job with christmas decorations and, and yeah. we're still we're still in, in the christmas season can you maybe talk a little bit about you know the length of the christmas season and and uh a lot of people don't, you know, they don't hear Christmas music on the radio anymore, and so they have a hard time no, thinking that we're still in that season. Well, you know, and that's true. And and one of the things about uh, the beauty uh, and the importance of the Christmas season, it's really a a, sl- a seamless movement from Advent right into the Christmas season, uh, and particularly as we begin the season with the Vigil of Christmas and then just continue on first for uh, the octave of Christmas, uh, beginning with Midnight Mass uh, and uh, ending with uh, uh, the beautiful celebration uh, eight days later of the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God. Um, But, you know, and again, you're right, I think because uh, it, that solemnity is always celebrated on uh, January 1st. Come January 2nd, I think there's just kind of a, a natural tendency to say, well, Christmas is over and it's a new calendar year, so we'll get back to business as usual. But uh, not you know, not for the church, because as you say, this season does continue, and uh, we're still in the season, and will be until we celebrate uh, this coming Sunday uh, the uh, the uh, feast of the baptism of our Lord by Saint John the Baptist, and then ordinary time begins, which of course is anything but ordinary, because the Church wants us to enter into more actively through our prayer, uh, as often as we are able, our Mass attendance and participation, and uh, into the daily public life of Christ, and follow Him, listening to Him, allowing Him to touch our hearts, uh, as he did those with whom he walked, not just his apostles, but the the crowds that followed him everywhere, right through uh, his entire uh, public life. But uh, it, it, the Christmas season is is a very appropriate preparation for 
coming ordinary time because the, the octave in particular is is distinctly different from the Easter octave, where for eight days we relive the day of the Lord's resurrection. The Christmas octave, uh, we don't, in a sense, relive for eight days the birth of our Lord in time, but what we do is we uh, are the witnesses to what the Incarnation actually did uh, in the world, and we do that through the celebration of those beautiful feasts of the saints, St. Stephen the First Martyr, St. John the Evangelist, the Holy Innocents, mm. all of those feasts in that octave are reminders to us of not only why God decided to enter into the world in order to redeem us by becoming uh, a man just like us as we pray in all things but sin, but the effect of what he did uh, has a an, has made an indelible mark uh, not just on the church which he established, but on the the world itself, and in every age since then, and it'll continue to do that until the end of time. And so, the Christmas octave is really uh, is something is so distinct and so beautiful. On the one hand, it's reminding us of who we are uh, as. Uh, uh, the redeemed uh, as the result of the incarnation of God as man, but it's also uh, pointing us almost immediately to the Easter event, the Paschal uh, 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 celebration of uh, the death and resurrection of the Lord. And uh, in a way, it helps us. It's not as long. Advent and the Christmas season are not as long as Lent and the Easter season. But it's a good uh, preparation for us uh, to do what Advent, as so many of the great fathers of the Church, the great theologians and spiritual writers of our of our Church have said over time, uh, it's a good way for us to understand better uh, what hope really is about, you know. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kunz, along with Kevin Pilon, coming to, t- coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We're talking to Bishop David Kagan from the Diocese of Bismarck about the Easter, the Christmas season. So, Bishop, I know from a secular standpoint, it can it can be kind of awkward as the day after Christmas, decorations seem to be gone. Uh, mm-hmm. Christmas music comes off with the radio, and I know for my family, we're still experiencing the joy of the Christmas season at home. But you know, going out in public, I don't want to be wishing people a Merry Christmas. It seems weird. And and mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts on that from? A, a standpoint of how we can continue to have the right mindset for continuing to celebrate Christmas through this last week? Well, I think just expressing the joy, uh, the true joy and peace of mind and heart uh, that the Lord gives us. And, of course, he told us it is a peace the world cannot give. Only he gives it. 
And, you know, it's it's not that we have to, you know, uh, until next Sunday keep wishing people Merry Christmas. They'll kind of look at us a little right. funny. But, you know, in, you know, in not just within our families, but where we work or perhaps shopping or whatever in our neighborhoods, uh, express, you know, in, in concrete ways, in our words and in our actions, that uh, that joy and that uh, perhaps it takes the uh, the outward form of um, kind word, uh, an understanding, uh, listening to someone, uh, maybe being a little uh, more available and patient with kids or spouse or whatever it is. But uh, there are so many ways that we, the Church, is urging us to live the joy of the birth of the Lord. Uh, And, you know, we can do that. That's fantastic. And do you think that that intentionality can can help us maybe avoid a little bit that December 26th blues or law that so many of us have experienced? Yeah, very much so. You know, know, and it... You know, for us to really celebrate the birth of the Lord, Christmas, as as you know, we ought to celebrate it. Um, we have to. We're fighting some uh, some you know formidable enemies, and it's mainly the commercialization of virtually every day of our lives. You know. Uh, they're pushing Christmas before we have Halloween. They're pushing, you know, Easter the day after on December 26th or Valentine's Day or some other uh, civil thing, all in the the name of trying to make some more money. But, uh, again, I think, you know... uh, you know, fortified in our faith and hope, and especially with uh, the sacraments of the Most Holy Eucharist and, and penance. You know, we can resist that in, in such a way that the example we give uh, inspires others uh, to recognize, you know, yeah, this is really what Christmas is about. And, you know, when we celebrate the Christmas season, one of the underlying themes, it isn't explicitly, you know, in every prayer or every reading from sacred scripture, but, you know, Christmas uh, as a historic moment happened, but Christmas as that moment of grace continues, and it continues through the way we express our faith and our hope in God-made man. Bishop, the the uh, um, uh, Christmas season, for from a standpoint of like praying the liturgy of the hours and so on, is is always kind of like the most confusing time of the year because it can change in its span of time, and how right. uh, like the yeah. holy days fall on the weekly calendar. And so we're we're at a time right now that doesn't always happen, like the week uh, right. week between Epiphany and the baptism. Maybe can you speak about how it's a little bit different right now during this week as opposed to other parts of the Christmas season? 
Well, yeah, because, you know, uh, as you say, uh, we have, as some of the liturgists refer to it, we have some of these movable feasts that don't always occur conveniently on Sundays, uh, but they occur sometimes during the week, depending on when Christmas is. But, uh, again, this period of time, as, as we, uh, the Christmas season is, is progressing toward the baptism of the Lord, again, is already preparing us uh, in our faith and hope to look to uh, the ultimate uh, act of love of God for man, and that is in the Paschal tree to him. And it's, it's a real way of not just keeping uh, fresh in our minds and hearts uh, what happened with the birth of the Lord, but exactly why did God become man? And uh, it's quite, you know, to meditate on that and keep that in mind as we then enter into ordinary time is is quite humbling. Uh, uh, Bishop, yeah, yeah. You, you give us a lot to chew on. You got a lot of great information there. And so uh, thank you very much for your uh, time this morning and uh, helping us see the, the uh, Christmas season in the true light of what it should be seen as. Well, you're very kind. Thank you. Thank, thank you very much, Bishop. God bless. Thanks, Bishop. Bye now. God bless you. Bye now.